You're listening to a Toronto Centre podcast. Welcome. The goal of TC Podcasts is to spread the knowledge and accumulated experience of global leaders, experts, and world-renowned specialists in financial supervision and regulation. In each episode, we'll delve into some of today's most pressing issues as it relates to financial supervision and regulation. The financial crisis, climate change, financial inclusion, fintech, and much more. Enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone. I'm Demet Çanakçı, a Senior Program Director at Toronto Centre. This podcast is based on a recent Toronto Centre Supervisor Guidance Note. TC notes are meant to provide practical guidance to financial sector supervisors on key supervisor challenges. My guest today is Craig Torborn, the author of the TC note on food security implications for supervisors, which is published this month. Craig recently finished over 20 years at the World Bank, where he provided technical assistance, published research, and managed projects that enhance insurance market development, regulation, and supervisory capacity. Craig represented the World Bank on International Association of Insurance Supervisors Committees. He has conducted insurance assessments in many countries as part of the World Bank and IMF FSAPs. Prior to joining the World Bank, he was government actuary in Australia and chief of life insurance supervision and one of the initial senior executives at APRA. He also held a number of positions in the private sector. Craig, thank you for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you for having me and hello to everybody. Let me kick off by asking why supervisors need to take an interest in food security. Well, at first glance, we might not think it's really so relevant. After all, we don't have enough to do, really. But there's a great deal of overlap. We saw the impact of the war in Ukraine on supply chains, and we've seen the impact of higher inflation. Both things supervisors have thought a fair amount about. And the same things impacted food security, and the people working in that area were doing things that overlap totally with supervisory interests. And more broadly, there's a significant overlap considering climate, gender, financial inclusion. So as a start, when we're on the same playing field, we do well to engage with the other people who are playing. But then we can also find out that our institutions and our regulations and our supervisory practices are part of the solution. One of the key initiatives is to look to make local agriculture in many countries more efficient. And that can include ways to better manage risks in agriculture and to make agricultural operations more attractive credit risks to improve their access to finance. So we might need to be even more directly engaged. Thank you, Craig. Um, Can you tell us what index-based insurance is and why it is an attractive solution to food security? Well, conventional insurance is based around an indemnity principle, that is, Insurers pay to indemnify a person against their losses that they incurred, which means that the loss has to happen, be assessed and then resolved. An index-based approach uses an index to estimate the impact and then to trigger a claim payment. For example, if it rains more than a certain amount in a certain time or not, then this could trigger a payment. 
The cost of assessing individual claims is effectively eliminated and that makes the product a lot less expensive and payments can be made more immediately. This all helps provide for both funding solutions and liquidity uh, for the customer because of the speed. So that's the concept. Now it has been applied a lot to crop insurance and to risks such as drought or too much rain or windstorms and other challenges. So why is that useful for food security? Well, for farmers, smallholders in particular, one solution to risk is to plant several different crops. So that way they can diversify their risk. But this means they get a lower result overall compared to planting their most productive crop for their operation, even though it's a less risky result. Uh, so if the farmers can ensure their risk, then they can focus on the more productive crop and the more productive result. And that means they also can feel better about considering credit as taking that on. And also they, lenders can feel better about lending to them. This leads to more productive agriculture, better incomes for the low income smallholder farmers, in many emerging countries and improve food security for them as well as all of those around them. Thank you very much, Craig. Um, you also discussed in the ATC note in more detail, uh, creating an enabling environment that is supportive of index-based insurance requires a number of issues to be addressed. Can you briefly talk about those supervisor issues? Yes, as I, as I said, index-based insurance is different to indemnity-based insurance and some countries have insurance laws that were designed with indemnity-based insurance in mind only. So they, they might need to amend or, or cater for index-based insurance in their law. The actual amendments they need to make might just be a few words, but they can be really, really important. Uh, this is especially the case to make sure that these products are defined as insurance products and not as a derivative. Uh, and that affects all sorts of things, not just the supervision of those products, but accounting and tax and other issues. Uh, the second issue is that there can often be pilots and experimental approaches. These products tend to work as pilots much more and the pilots tend to last much longer than others on the whole. So some kind of regulatory sandbox type of approach is important and so is proportionality in practice. I shared a lot more detail about the approach to proportionality and pilots in the note along the lines of what the IAIS has recommended when they discuss index-based in insurance. The third thing is that proportionality really depends on who the client is for the product. Uh, if insurance is provided to individuals, then that needs a lot of attention. Uh, the insurance might also be provided at a MISO level, that's to organisations, uh, or at a sovereign level to governments, changing the dynamics. And that means it's important that uh, individual farmers understand that they're not being insured, but instead are depending on these other institutions. So communication uh, shouldn't be misleading to those individual customers. And a fourth issue that I've raised there is this whole issue of basis risk, which is to do with the, the potential uh, that there can be issues that arise when the adverse event happens, but the index itself doesn't trigger, or for that matter, vice versa. Uh, and there's a lot of talk about this, uh, and there are a lot of issues that actually 
do happen, but they're more to do with explaining the product rather than it not working sort of contractually as in, intended. So the IAIS has made a really good disclosure recommendation that's useful to implement for particularly for those micro customers. There's a few other things in the note that people might like to review, but I think these are the, the main highlights that I'd mentioned, Emmett. Yes, thank you. We also want our audience to read the TC note. Uh, so how about the banking sector? Can you tell us how these issues are relevant to banking supervisors? In other words, how those risks are translated into the banking sector? Well, it is important that banking supervisors consider the way that their institutions look at the role insurance has in their credit decisions. I mean, if a loan comes with this kind of de-risking type insurance, there, there is a chance that in, the institution might think that it covers more risk than it really does. Uh, so they shouldn't just take it for granted that having a loan insured means that that loan is fully insured. Uh, banking supervisors might also want to reach out to their insurance counterparts to find out more about what's covered and how the products might work. And it's good to remember that not all adverse events will trigger the insurance. Uh, some things might just not be quite adverse enough and still have a negative effect on the customer. Uh, so uh, not everything is going to be covered to every extent. It's not just an automatic transfer of all risks. Uh, insurance companies can't really be expected to pay claims that are not covered under the insurance just to help out the banks with their credit exposure. Thank you, Craig. Uh, this has been a fascinating conversation. I learned a lot. Uh, do you have any final comments? Well, yes, Demet. I think it was really interesting, a really interesting case where I think supervisors can find there's a lot more to the issue than they first think. And a lot of priorities being given to this issue internationally. Uh, and there is a lot of action happening. And so not only might it be useful to follow the issue, it might even be an opportunity to leverage that action to help achieve supervisory objectives. Thank you very much, Craig. I encourage participants to read the TC note, which can be found on our website under supervisor guidance. Please address any questions or comments about TC notes to publications at torontocenter.org. I'm here today with Craig Torborn, and you have been listening to TC notes podcast series. Thank you for joining us today and stay tuned for the next episodes. Thank you.